Well, g'day there and welcome to the Oak City Church podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today for another encouraging message from our Sunday gatherings of Oak City Church. If we can connect with you in any way, please see us at oakcitychurch.com.au or check out our socials online. We hope to see you in person soon. So 
I think today when we're talking about people of peace as well, if we're honest with ourselves, is that sometimes it can be laziness, it can be fear, it can be pride, it can be comfortability, teachability, or you simply just don't know how. So this is me, I'm not just talking about you guys, like this is me as well. Um, so it's a great topic, but just like, let's just lay that on the table. Yeah, There's always yeah. going to be reasons why we can't. Um, and I've realised one of my big ones, and someone said this, I think Dale Stevenson or Tweet, have been mentored with, he said, um, you say it's fear, but actually in between fear, like underneath fear, it's actually pride. You're prideful that, oh, that person's going to reject you, or you're prideful that they're going to say no. And I was like, oh, that's totally me. That is me in a nutshell. <laughs> I'm too prideful. Um, so, let's keep this in mind. So, looking through a person of peace, which is actually a biblical um, word that was used in the Bible, the translation I'm looking at today doesn't use those words, um, but it's pretty much going, it opens your eyes like a different lens. And I know you guys are probably really sick of us talking about this movie. And yes, we get commission like every time Charlie and I bring it up, we get money. <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish. But my favourite movie, who knows it? Oh, about time, yeah. <laughs> you guys know. But about time, no, it's actually the best movie. So I have to use it as an example. Pretty much he can he can go back in time in his own life. So what he does um, as he matures and he learns this gift that he has, he lives a day, an ordinary day, goes about his business, normal work, children, family life. And then what he does at the end of the day, he actually goes back in time and he relives that day. I was going to show the clip, but we didn't know how it would go here. Um, he relives the same day, but this time just noticing colour, noticing interactions. Instead of like, you know, when you paint for your food, he'll actually look up and he engages with other people's souls. And pretty much the difference is the same day, but his lens for which he woke up is different. And so I feel like it is a great opportunity to frame this as well that people of peace in our life and learning about people of peace is not a formula, it's actually a, a lens which we see people in yeah. our lives that are already there. So good, Jess. Thank you, Benjamin. <laughs> I love his affirmation, it's really encouraging. So, we're gonna look at Matthew 10. I really want to look at all of it because it's such a good chapter, but I decided not to because um, it's just too much to go through. So, if you have your phone, you can read along. I'm sorry, we were hoping to have this all behind us. It's easy to read along, but I'm reading from the message translation, which I think is close enough, I like it. Um, and so, let's jump in, all right. The prayer was no sooner prayed than it was answered. Jesus called 12 of his followers and sent them into the ripe fields. The ripe fields. He gave them power to kick out evil spirits and to tenderly care for the bruised and hurt lives. And then he lists off his 12 disciples. Jesus sent his 12 harvest hands out with his charge. Don't begin by travelling off to some far off place to convert unbelievers. And don't just try and don't try to be dramatic by tackling some public enemy. So in this, you know, in this case, unless God's called you, don't go to the Antichrist and use all of your resources and energy and your discouragement quota on that one person. He says, go to the lost, unless Jesus called you, by the way, go to the lost, confuse people right here in Blacktown. Yeah, in the great. neighborhood. Go to the people right here in your neighborhood. Start here. Start in your next door neighbour. Tell them that the kingdom is here. Bring health to the sick, raise the dead, touch the untouchables. Kick out demons. You have been treated generously, so live generously. 
Don't think you have to put on a fundraising campaign before you start. You don't need a lot of equipment. You are the equipment and all you need to keep going is three meals a day, travel light. Now I'm just gonna pause for a second, pause, pause. I don't know about you, but have you ever felt disqualified about telling people who Jesus is? Have you ever felt disqualified? Have you disqualified yourself? Mm. Or has someone tried to disqualify you by saying you're not trained, you're not old enough, you're not wise enough, you're not schmick enough, you don't wear glasses enough? Like, I don't know. There's so many different things you could say. I just want to like pause and rebuke that statement that we might have heard in our own lives, even if it's to ourselves, and yeah. say this verse here, Acts 4.13. This is what we're big on in OC Church, is when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realised that they were unschooled, ordinary men. Ordinary men and women were pretty unschooled, but they were astonished. Like, they were taken back, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. That's it. You just got to be with Jesus. And the rest comes into play. He uses all of us, uh, and any of us, he can. So don't disqualify yourself. Or don't let other people disqualify you. And then it keeps going, uh, verse 11. When you enter a town or village, don't insist on staying in a luxury inn. Get a <laughs> modest place with some modest people and be content there until you leave. And this one can hurt, by the way, this next part of the verse. When you knock on a door, be courteous in your greeting. If they welcome you, be gentle in your conversation. A lot of people here know I can sometimes not be gentle in my conversation, something I'm working on. Um, just can put people off. You know, especially when I was a teenager, when I was talking about God, it like came way too intense yeah. and it scared people. Yeah. <laughs> I talk about <laughs> or other things that I've been like way too passionate. And now I was like, actually, does it actually matter? Just like back off a little bit. Just have a picture of your chill. It's okay. We're all in the Anyway, um, if they don't welcome you, and this is one of my worst fears, like putting it on the table, quietly withdraw. Don't yeah. make a scene. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm a hothead, so that makes me really hard to do. But seriously, it says, shrug your shoulders and be on your way. You can be sure that on judgment day, they, they will be mighty sorry, but it's not your concern now. Now, I want to be honest, like, as someone who, I don't think anyone really likes rejection, but when we're talking about telling people about Jesus or even just being light to our friends and people around us, we do face rejection. And often it hurts most when you're close to someone, right? And I just want to say that we have to have a part of like the shrugging of the shoulders and going, you know what? Yeah. I can't take this full of, as a mess because it will take you out. Um, and discouragement, we have found, is the greatest kicker. It will really take you out. So be aware of the discouragement. Um, and I love this, like when Jesus is sending us into our own neighborhood, I think it is a lot harder than going to someone in a group of people who don't know you. And you know mm. the reason? It's because your life is an open book. As our neighbors, like having our neighbors, yeah. I feel like that makes us transparent. Because how we handle disagreements, how we handle parenting, how we handle mowing the lawn when I was like slipping down the hill the other day and like, am I going to yell out that expletive or am I going to not? Like, yeah, little things. Your life is an open book. How people, how we respond to people in crisis, someone gossiping, you know, and picking up kids from school, whatever it might be in our workplace, how we actually represent ourselves is literally representing Jesus to people. Yeah. So it's a way harder responsibility. I mean, and I'm not opposed to mission trips. But I always found I was a lot of a different person, so I had more courage when I was a mistress. I was like, 
hi, here is Jesus, and I'm never going to see you again. But with my friends, it's like, man, there's more at stake. You guys have to see me in my normal, everyday life. That's it. So let's get into it. So there's going to be two parts. I'm going to give you some practical tips that we have learned through doing Bible, uh, discovery, building and discovery, uh, building a discipleship culture. There's like three different names, I'm sorry. But um, I've also got something at the end as well to link it because I think it's important given the climate at the moment. Um, so, people of peace in our life. Someone who likes you, someone who listens to you, and someone who serves you. So it can be anyone in that category. And I just want to say from the start um, that we love everyone equally. It's just you're investing differently. Because you can't heavily invest in a million people. It just doesn't work. So there's few people in your life that you actually invest more time into, but it doesn't mean you don't love other people equally. It's not like a write-up. And so the lens, like I was saying before, is relationship. It's people in your world. Relationships. Um, and I have a really good example of a person of peace as I've gone on this journey, but the best example I can give you is not give you that example. And the reason I don't want to give any examples from my life is because I'm aware that I would hate to even come close to making someone who may see this or hear about this feel like a project in my life, the people, my friends that I'm in relationship with. It's not worth it. It's yeah. not worth it for a second. And I love a good story. <laughs> and you know I love to stories from our life. That's just the way that I like to speak. But I couldn't do it because I went, no way, these are real relationships. I'm not going to go and share that, even though it fits like, ooh, so perfectly. No way. And that's the best example of when we have people of peace in your life, everyday people that you have interactions that like you, listen to you, and serve you, um, it's relationship. And so we take it seriously, right? Um, there can be passing or permanent relationships. So you're on a holiday, you don't know what God's going to do. He might sow some seeds, you may not see those people again. But the ones that are harder and I think really crucial are the permanent relationships. Yeah. So we're going to do a four-minute um, little group time. And all I want to ask you is this. Who is someone, and name it if you can, if you can give them a code name if you don't want to name them. Who's someone who likes you, listens to you, and serves you? Because unless you apply this directly to your life right now, you'll walk out and never think of this ever again. And if you haven't got a person of peace, there's grace. I don't want you to feel like I can't think of someone. Maybe you can think of how can I meet a person of peace in the coming two weeks. And here's an example. Maybe you eat your lunch at your desk. I know when I'm feeling antisocial, I'll do that. Maybe you need to move to the common room, staff room. And interact with those annoying people that you've been avoiding. <laughs> or maybe you join a walking group. I don't know. It can be as creative as you want. So either who is someone who likes you, listens to you, and serves you? Or how can you meet someone, a person of peace in your life? So maybe just get groups of three, four, whatever. Um, and you've got four minutes. I'm counting down now. Right, go. It can be less than four. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
which is not, is that my circle will probably not likely be your circle that you get to impact. So the reason this is so, so, so important is I don't have the same neighbours as you. I don't have the same work circles or friendship circles or family circles, mostly. So the great thing about this is there's only one of you in this world. Mm. And Jesus actually chooses to use us for some apparent reason, try this life, but also feels overwhelming sometimes, but with that comes responsibility. And it's so easy when we become a Christian is just to go, great, I've got my thing, dealing with myself, and we actually forget that lens that goes beyond. And have you guys ever heard of this thing called the wounded healer? So we're all wounded healers. And so you don't have to have it all together, because that was my big delay. It's like, well, but look at my life, I'm pretty screwed. Have you looked at me, God? And it's like, I don't care. I just choose to use you. Mm. You've got a heart for me. I don't actually care. Mm. Just stop yeah. making excuses. Just have a crack. And you always use this mess people like, if you want more proof, there's millions, thousands in the Bible of people that you're like, really? You really want to use that? And he's like, yeah, I'll use you so I can use <laughs> So I love that. Um, now, walking close to God with prayer and obedience helps us actually find a person of peace. Yeah. So when you want it, God already wants it. So if you want it, he's like, right, let's do this. Um, and he will help you find someone. And again, like I think I had people of peace in my life, but I just didn't really see it as that. So it's helped me be a bit more intentional. 
So um, again, I didn't want to use examples of my own life, but often if I'm waiting to pick up the kids, someone might look really standoffish, and I'm like, oh, my kids are in the same class. Actually, it's just about going, hey, how are you? And 99% and of the time, they're not as angry as they look. Mm. It's actually me going, they have a real resting face. <laughs> and then you talk and they're like, oh, sweet. Like, and that was an example of the other day without giving too many details. Um, so look for people of peace in your context. It's good, Jess. Um, have conversations and ask questions instead of giving lecture advice. No one likes that when someone's an expert yeah. on everything. Just ask questions about their life. People are often really like, oh my gosh, this person actually cares. Um, and what they say is, look for a person at peace with your casual acquaintances that you've already got. Um, and then what you do is you move towards questions of mean, like meaningful conversations. So the key idea, be prayerful, be curious, and be spiritual in a non-weird way. So actually asking those questions like, oh, someone says, I had a really bad nightmare last night. I was up all night, I was really scared. And you can be like, oh, what, what, that, like, what was that about, do you think? Like, have you had that before? It's actually just following up and being interested yeah. and giving your attention to someone. Um, pray, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying for opportunities. Um, I really want to have this on the screen because I know it's so much easier to track when you can see things. Um, but what they say, one thing that really helped me is there's casual conversation, which is like interests and opinions or something. Then it moves to meaningful, so your story and your passions. And then it can move to spiritual, so values and faith. And they can have a different faith to you. Like that's actually been one of my examples. Like someone was sharing their faith and I was really interested. Don't be scared about other people's faith. That's great. That often starts and then they'll go, so what do you believe in? So be fearful of that. Um, and then discovery, which is actually helping people discover Jesus for themselves. Mm -hmm. And don't rush this. I've rushed it and I've stuffed, the, stuffed it big time. When I tried to rush those things, you can't artificially do that. So, open, curious questions, not yes or no questions. You've got to remember people's story. It helps if you're actually friends with someone or make friends with them. Throw out for a meal. Mm -hmm. Like, actually make it enjoyable. It doesn't have to be all hard work. Um, and then it moves on to looking for someone to read the Bible with, but we're going to leave that because that's a whole other thing. Um, and you're overwhelming. I remember hearing that first time, I was like, what? Read the Bible with someone who doesn't even believe in Jesus? And it was way too much, so we'll leave that for another person that's going to not me. <laughs> um, so, just to wrap it up, like, and sorry, I'm not at the end. Sorry, I gave you the false hope there. Wrap up this part. I'm nearly done. Charlie's coming into the um, Being in, So, be intentional. It's not a formula, it's actually a lens. Just like I was saying about time, it's a lens, it's a framework to go, I'm seeing people in a different light. Um, now, I think, Ben, you were talking about before, no, Tara was talking about before, if you want to know more, we are doing this on a Monday night. I think Deb's and Tara, you've been part of it. Um, if you want to join, it's not too late, just mm -hmm. jump on, I don't know any of the details. <laughs> it is too late day, to join. But We're going to start again in it. Oh, it's too late. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know details. So you can start up. We're going to be doing more of this if you want to have more. We'll, we'll start again in April. Okay, then that's what's going on. Alright, so. Shifting gears. Never too late to join. Ah, never too late. In April. Sorry. Yeah, too late. That's okay. Alright, so I just wanted to share some of that stuff and now shift gear. And this is my coming into land. I just want to acknowledge that. Life at the moment is insane for not only individuals in this room, but if we look around for a second, 
He will be screwed. He'll screwed. <laughs> we all no, no, no. It's, I'm not trying to give it a doom and gloom, but if you look around, the war that's going on, the floods, the pain on many, many people are experiencing right now, our communities, like on every level, if you listen to the news, it's really dark. And I know this week I actually removed notifications of the news. I had had a few hard days at school and I got to my limit and I went, I can't hear one more negative thing. I think a family member reached out and said something bad and I was like, I don't have any empathy for you right now. I didn't say it to their face, I was thinking it. It's like, I have nothing left to give. And I'm like, how ashamed did I feel? So I was like, I, I'm not even going through these things. But I felt like it was really important to acknowledge that there is some serious hopelessness going on in our society. And I don't really need to tell you that. Um, but, 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 I do believe that we have access, I wholeheartedly believe to a good news story even greater than what's going on in the world. A good news story that can come in and bring hope when there is literally murder and disaster and darkness above all other Darkness. Yeah. I really believe it. And I want to do something a little bit bold. I'm going to read you guys a story in a second. Um, and I'm just going to ask that you just focus in on this last little bit. And the reason I say that is often I can go off with the fairies when people read a story or something. Like I'm really distractible. But I'm, I want you to just to focus here and even be daring enough to go, God, where am I in this story? You know, I was talking about teachability. Sometimes you're like, oh, that's not me. Actually ask God if that's you, because we can't always make the own call. We have blind spots in our own mind. So I'm going to ask that, this is gentle, it's not going to be like an aggressive thing, but actually, Jesus, where am I in this story? And then we have time of prayer at the end. So if you don't mind, I'm going to put my glasses on. <laughs> I'm very self-conscious about it, it's ridiculous. But I hope that this can be a helpful thing for us. So let me read it out. The gift. You once delighted in the gift. You remember when you first dis discovered it. The joy, the passion, and hopeful anticipation. When the feelings dulled down, it seemed less useful. You liked the gift, but you didn't have time to include it in your day. Eventually, it ends up in the garage. You find a shelf. And like a box of dusty memories, you leave it there. Not fully forgotten, you do venture down and will see it occasionally. Some Sundays you see the gift sitting there and you look at it and it looks nice. It even makes you feel good for a moment. You notice the gift whispering your name. It's gentle, urgent. But you can't today, time goes on. You go upstairs close the garage door and you get on with your week. And your friends, your colleagues, your neighbours, your city and the nation carry on living. People in Blacktown quietly go about their business, deeply wondering if there is more to their shattered reality and disappointments. No one says much. It sits beneath. You sometimes think about the gift sitting there in the darkness. You feel guilty and you feel distant. On an ordinary day, you walk into the garage, not really knowing why. Under the clutter, it's hard to see, but there the gift is waiting. You wonder, could this gift be for me today? No one knows, but you have become dry. 
You thirst for more. The best attempts at life still leave you empty. The pain leaves you numb. And when you finally lie down at night, you realise you are not satisfied. You look at the gift. You decide to slowly walk with it inside. Unsure about the next moments, you instantly feel shame. Your messy house, your messy relationships, and your messy internal life become exposed. You look down. You are not, not sure you even want the gift. You can't remember it all that well. But you need to try something. The gift begins to shine brighter. You begin to feel love where you once felt shame. You feel comfort. You feel forgiveness. You feel hope. The gift doesn't seem to put, be put off by your sin or shame. It comes closer. You begin to spend time with the gift. You fall in love with the gift once again. You have hard days and the gift catches your tears. You have joy and the gift shares in your laughter. You begin to feel whole again. Struggle is frequent, but the hope is found in the gift. One day you look outside. The gift shows you something that you haven't seen before. Souls adrift. You begin to ask the gift to give your heart for those people. The gift nudges you. Action is required. You are to learn by doing. You feel unsure, scared and far from prepared. You begin to recall the, the list of things, reasonable excuses. But as you spend time with the gift, you feel unsatisfied. There is more calling. A courage is needed. Fear floods your heart. You decide to do it. You decide to trust the gift. You take a step outside. You take the gift to your work. You take the gift on your quiet walks, to the shops, the gym, when you see your friends and family. And eventually you take it everywhere. It becomes a part of you. The gift burns bright. You begin, you begin to see colour everywhere. You begin to see goodness. You begin to see souls. Souls adrift in need of the gift. Compassion, courage and cost follow. They can't see it at first, but they notice something. They can't quite put their finger on it. You just keep showing up, extending the gift effect. The gift shows you how to give. You keep going. You grow tired. You get discouraged. The gift renews you, reminds you that it's the gift that does the work. You become bolder, you become freer, and know the gift has changed your life. You can't wait to share it each day. And then the day comes. Someone accepts the gift. There is music, you look for it, you can't see where it comes from. You experience joy, you let out a dance, you see the, the gift dancing too. You walk home filled with joy, you hear the music again. You look up, it's heaven's angels, there's a party for the gift has been given and received. You smile. The person goes on to get to know the gift themselves. And one day you see the person sharing it. People need the gift. Your friends need the gift. Your family needs the gift. Your neighbours need the gift. Blacktown needs the gift. And the world desperately needs the gift. The gift is love. The name of love is Jesus Christ. Jesus. <coughs> All I can say is Jesus. 
feel like there's a few people here, including myself, and we need to pray. And I'm just going to ask in a second that we stand together as I pray and that you would be bold enough to even raise your hand because if you're not safe enough to do it in here, you're definitely not going to do it out there. And we would love to pray with you. And the first group I just feel like is the one who may not have that conviction to share the gift of Jesus. And I just want to ask very gently that we as a church can repent and say, Jesus, we're sorry that we haven't actually seen people in the way that you see them. We are asking that you give us that lens. Maybe you need renewal, and I know right now I need it. The weight of the world is crushing us, and we need to be reminded of the hope that comes in Jesus. And I'm just going to ask in a second that the Spirit will actually refresh us and give us that lens and the gift again. Mm. Or maybe you don't know the gift that well. Maybe you're like, I hear you say this gift, but I don't know the gift for myself. And I'm going to pray the hardest for you because I want you to experience that gift for yourself. Mm. Or maybe you don't have opportunities. Maybe you're saying, God, I hear this. I want to be part of your story for the city and my neighbours and more, but I just don't have opportunities. And we're going to pray that you'll be flooded with opportunities that you don't know what to do with yourself. So I'm just going to ask, can we be bold enough to stand right now? And I'm going to pray. And if it's you at any point praying, I just pray that you will raise your hand and say, Jesus, yep, that's me. And you would actually, even in your heart, just give that over to Jesus. So Lord, you are here. You are the gift of eternity. Your love is more powerful. We know that it feels like darkness is having its way right now, but Jesus, your hope is more powerful. Than